Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And I am sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Present. And... Sam, I feel like we're in class. Here. Yeah, exactly. So do I. Oh, oh, can I yeah. go to the bathroom? Arnold Horshank. <laughs> uh, welcome back, Cotter reference. I'm welcome sure, back. I'm sure no one but a few people uh, got that. But anyway, uh, here we are, and uh, I am sitting here humbly between the two of you. You are because, a humble You're person. the humblest guy in the room. I just want to make sure everyone in Radio Land knows that. You know what? You're for darn sure. I am the humblest, hum- humblest guy of all. No, 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 no. So we're going to talk about humility a little bit today. Yeah. Because uh, it seems like humility, for some reason, is a challenge. Um, it is. Yeah. And so, I mean, so Tom's hair would be a reason why it'd be difficult. for Tom is the most humble guy that I know. <laughs> he does not like people to like talk about him, look at him. Uh-huh. He's, a, he's a good guy. Yeah, would you agree, Ziggy? He's blushing right now. He is. <laughs> he's actually changing the lighting of the room just by the, how much he's blushing. I think it's the Catholic Cafe clock. <laughs> the neon sign. It'll, it's yes. a beautiful sign. Yeah, yeah. You it's are a humble blushing. sign. Oh, look, that is so cute. I'm not He's blushing. blushing. <laughs> you just got back from the beach. That's you, sunburn. You are not allowed to say shut up. A person that's humble shouldn't say talk like that anyway. Okay. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Moving along. Moving on. So, so, so kind of not, and not just about humility, but really if our goal is to be holy, then we want, we, we I guess we want to point out that, that humility, uh, being humble is sort of a, a, a precondition for holiness or a pre precondition for spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we if we're going to grow spiritually, it can't be on our own by our own doing. I guess. Right. I mean, isn't that basically what what's happening? I think. Yeah, that you can't be God, basically. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, we pretty much solved that problem. There is a God, and you are not Him. Right. right? There you go. Well, I always talk about that when I'm talking to the kids, uh, when I'm doing um, retreats about or talk, teaching about uh, confirmation, talking about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and certainly that, that the wonder and awe. Mm-hmm. And I, I always define that one as, you know, there is a God and I am not Him. I'm sorry, fear the Lord, because I mm-hmm. like that better. Mm-hmm. Wonder and awe doesn't speak of fear of the Lord. They're the same one. Right. That's the same that's the same one, but it's like we live in a in a day and age when people are like, well, that's just too harsh. Right. It's, it's too, you don't want to fear the Lord. In fact, I just recently had a a dad who was trying to talk to his son, and 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 he came to me. And he goes like, I don't know what to tell him. The kid says, Dad, you really want to be afraid of God? And so we talked a lot about that and what they're like a healthy fear and a recognition of God's awesomeness and His greatness. I mean, that you could be squished like a bug, but He wouldn't squish you like a bug because He loves you so much. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's a healthy fear or recognition of the awesomeness of God that would actually take you to your knees, right? right? And that's the fear that we're talking about. But that requires, to a certain degree, humility mm-hmm. and, and the recognition of the fact that God is God and you are not God. Mm-hmm. Right, so I want to talk about humility. Now, I, I we've done a show that's actually called humility on the Catholic Cafe. You can look it up, and we'll, that that that's one of our famous top ten. You know how to become more humble. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a ten ten reasons or ten ways in which you can improve uh, personal humility. 
um, in your life. And, um, and naturally, uh, we talk a little bit about humility itself, but I just want to remind folks. Speaking of that, we need to do another top ten. We can do we another top ten. We haven't done those in a long time. We even have a jingle. Or it's just not but I digress. It. I digress. I Go ahead. Well, we'll do that. We'll, we will, I promise we will. But not on this because we've already done a lot on humility right. in terms of top ten. But I want to go deeper into, into humility itself. Right down to the heart of what humility is. And, and to do that, I want to look at the word, the word oh. origin, the root of that word. Uh, and and uh, and so there's just some hummus. Really, yes. You're one of my favorite dips. Yeah, yeah hummus dip. Now, I, I will <laughs> You have to be humble to eat hummus dip if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And, yeah. you know, Tom's goal in life is to be hummus. <laughs> Is to be hummus, to be a chickpea, to be a mushed chickpea. <laughs> a chickpea is neither a chick nor a pea. Discuss. Yeah, exactly. A <laughs> chickpea. But so I'm I'm actually looking at that same word, but let's uh, let's say it differently. Humus. Mm-hmm. So like if you go to the garden center, mm-hmm. and you say, you know, dear garden uh, extraordinaire salesperson deluxe, whatever you are. I don't know what you call I that person. Well, you have to address them with that degree of reverence. Otherwise, yes. they may yeah. intentionally misdirect you or ask you to leave the store. It's like, this smells like manure. This is the right stuff. But but when you when you buy humus um, or humus or humus, however you want to pronounce it, humus, um, what you're buying is a really, really uh, a dark, rich, organic additive or it's part of soil. And, and I love how dictionaries online will describe this, and they all say about the same kind of thing. It's the dark organic, um, uh, the dark organic uh, stuff in soils that is enriched by decomposing animal and vegetable matter, essential to the fertility of the earth. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of stuff to unpack there, mm-hmm. and it speaks to the heart of humility. Yeah, I mean, have you ever heard the expression that Tom Dorian is so down to earth? Right, I've never heard that. No, no. (laughs) Neither have I. No, but but a a humble person is down to earth. I mean, that's what the and so essentially that's where that word comes from. Humble at its root is talking because humus in Latin. I mean, I'm I'm not a Latin scholar, but essentially means ground or earth. He's being Mm -hmm. humble. He actually has five doctorates (laughs) in Latin. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I drew them out myself. Google certificates. Um, so, uh, so this this rich dark soil. But let's look at that. So, um, first of all, it's it's um, it's dark and organic, and it's enriched by decomposing animal and vegetable matter. So, first of all, there it requires death, mm-hmm. right? It, death. So, think about humility. I mean, essentially, it means death to yourself, right? Yeah. That you essentially your your um, your haughtiness needs to decompose. Mm-hmm. And and that's going to create the richest, most fertile soil, is if you if it's loaded with humility, if it's got the humus in it, mm-hmm. and and so it requires you to decompose. And I love also that it mentions that this is essential to the fertility of the earth, for things to grow. So for there to be spiritual growth, it is essential that there be this dark, rich, organic soil, mm. right? That that has decomposing. Uh, animal matter in it, essentially that which has died to give way to that which becomes fertile, right? Mm-hmm. To to give way to the ways of the Lord to nature for 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 nature to take its course, right? And who is the author of nature? And that's God. And so you start to realize that this whole idea of being down to earth, 
to be a real earthy person is to be a humble person. Mm-hmm. And it's only when you're humble are you able to grow. And so those are the things that I think a lot of people don't realize. I love word origins specifically because they really go to the heart of what you're talking about and help you know so much more about what you're trying to accomplish, right? Rather than reinvent the wheel, rather than come up with a new language, rather than try to try to design your own kind of way of doing things, you can look at word origins and what they were originally intended, where they came from, and then you can tell like what it is. And so when we look at humility, essentially what it means is just breaking down Everything that you think is important, everything that you have put value in, everything that you have determined is best for you, letting that die. And then allowing the Lord uh, to to work miracles in your sort of decomposing uh, spiritual matter. To build maybe a garden of virtues. Yes, a garden of virtues. Hey. Well, and you know, it's like a book title. You, but you <laughs> can also song. you can also talk about uh, the idea of, of soil and how farmers, uh, you know, till the soil. How yeah. they basically turn the soil and think about the 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 hardened, the baked, uh, you know, hard soil that you cannot plant in. Right. And they'll turn the soil to get those rich nutrients up to the top layer, so that when they want to put the seeds in things will take root and they'll grow and and again from a um, a spiritual level you look at that and go like well you're talking about uh con- confession where you Ooh. actually where god gets his his fingers deep down into your soil and breaks through all that hard rocky stuff and turns it right so that rich brown stuff comes up to the top the fertile part where he can now uh uh plant himself and then also to, to nourish through water and the spirit to nourish so that, that your garden grows. Well, one thing I'm reminded of is uh, the Sermon on the Mount when uh, Jesus talks about you are the salt of the earth. And when a salt loses its flavor, it needs to get trampled to the ground. Right. And what he's asking us to do, I think, is to re- be returned to this humus, to be returned yes. to this earth. And it may seem very violent and ugly, you know, being trampled underground. But at the end of the day, if we shift our definition of what is good from, I don't know, I don't know, avoiding suffering, and we shift it instead towards growing in union with God, regardless of whether we're suffering and including those moments of suffering, then uh, valuing the things that God values, including humility, that becomes a lot less scary. And it just becomes... Uh, points us towards an understanding of just what's needed for proper spiritual growth. And see, that makes me think going back, uh, you know, back to, to Genesis and, and creation. And at the end of every day of creation, God would look out at what he created and he'd say that it was good, right? This earth was actually created to be good. It, it, it was created good out of God's goodness and it was created to be good. And I know we live in a fallen world. I get that part. But, but at the same time, we can't look at the earth as being dirty, Right, we look at the earth as being good, and so literally to be trampled underfoot, like the salt of the earth, to be returned to the earth is to be essentially returned to the original goodness, right? And humility allows us to do that, right? In fact, if we're going to break the cycle of original sin, you know, after baptism and that concupiscence, that draw to sin, if we're going to break that cycle, essentially it's only through humility. Yeah, because sin comes from a deep confusion of who we are. We forget that we actually are. God's children. He's trying to build us and grow and nurture us in a way to where we can become like him, 
But if our definition of being like God is having ultimate power, yes, you know, yeah. and things that we can seize for ourselves, then we're going to get confused and we're going to get all thrown out of whack, and uh, we're going to lose track about what the actual pro- what it actually means to look like God and what it means to actually uh, uh, cooperate with God in that process. Sounds like we need to go back to our confirmation and have a healthy fear of the Lord. I agree. Yeah, Amen. So we're going to take a break. Uh, and let's, uh, uh, when we do take that break, by the way, I just want to remind folks at home before we go off and listen to my lovely wife uh, speaking for a little bit here. Uh, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great, great website, thecatholiccafe.com. It's a also, humble website. It's a humble that's great. No, it's great. It's actually a really nice website. <laughs> but all that aside, all that aside, uh, also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comments on them. It makes a difference. He's so humble. <laughs> He's getting worse. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Thomas More was born in London, England in 1478, son of Sir John More, a prominent judge. After receiving a firm grounding in religion and the classics, he decided to follow in the footsteps of his father and pursue a career in law. He studied law at Oxford, where he also continued to pursue his love of Greek and Latin literature. He did well among the elite in the inner societal circles, making many new and influential friends, including both bishops and scholars. But he also became a man torn between his father's world of civil service and his eternal father's world of the church. In fact, he submitted himself to the discipline of the Carthusian monks living at a nearby monastery, and he seriously considered joining their order. St. Thomas's desire for the religious life was finally overcome by his greatly felt calling to serve the common good through governance and politics. But his devotions to prayer, fasting, and penance would remain with him and serve him well the rest of his life. He became a barrister and was soon headed for Parliament, where he became known as fair-minded and impartial, and a friend to the poor. After several years of successful service, St. Thomas More caught the eye of King Henry VIII. St. Thomas garnered the King's favor and was made Speaker of the House of Commons, then eventually Lord Chancellor. All was going well for St. Thomas when his meteoric rise to prominence came to an abrupt halt. Unfortunately, King Henry sought permission from the Pope in Rome to divorce his wife Catherine of Aragon and marry his new love, Anne Boleyn. St. Thomas, well versed in church law and devoted to her teachings, knew that the king's sacramental bond to Catherine was indissoluble and refused to endorse the king's plan. When the king severed ties with the universal church and decreed himself to be head of the church in England, St. Thomas More resigned his post. He was eventually imprisoned in the Tower of London, along with his friend John Fisher, the only Catholic bishop who had refused to acknowledge King Henry VIII as the new head of the church. The two men were tried for treason and put to death within days of each other. Before he was beheaded in 1535, St. Thomas More quietly said, I die the king's good servant, but God's first. St. Thomas More is the patron saint of lawyers. His feast day is June 22nd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting humbly in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe with Tom Dorian and Ziggy Rodriguez. And and you don't say it. And so we are talking about humility, um, and really, more specifically, humility for holiness. You know, humility that leads to holiness, and why humility is is so um, is so important. And uh, I guess if our goal is holiness, because essentially our goal is to get to heaven, right? And God desires us to be holy. Um, there, there can also be a sort of a bad kind of holiness, I should say, uh, to guard against. You know, the holy rollers and the people that. Uh, are counting how many rosaries they've done, or you know, doing uh, you know calisthenics, you know, holy calisthenics, and, the holier than now holiness. Yes, I mean, and 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 I think if you were to say, uh, just like we were joking earlier, I'm the most humble guy in the room. You know, the fact that you say that, you're obviously not. Well, in the same way, if you're if you're counting how many rosaries, if you're letting people know how many rosaries, you know, I pray 14 rosaries a day. You know. Um, or you one up somebody? Yeah. So then it's like, well, oh, really? I, yeah, I'm doing of course, 15. I've, I've been doing yeah, exactly. Wait, that's not that many rosaries, guys. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> so, so um, th- I guess that might lead to uh, or be the result of another problem, and that is like a false sense of humility. Uh, Sam, I'm looking at you because <laughs> when, when we talk about false humility, I'm looking for an expert. Oh yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Well, I think false humility really can have uh, a lot of different faces. I think uh, one face that I had to work on was, you know, really beating myself up and being down on myself. Um, If we're not, I think authentic humility, you have to be able to look at the truth of who you are, both the strengths and weaknesses, the good and the bad, and to recognize that, you know, God has loved you into existence, right? And that... Uh, and that it begins with God and doesn't begin with you. I think on, if a person is looking at themselves in the great, and, and like you were talking about in that holier than thou way, then they see themselves and their own efforts as the beginning and end of their own holiness. That's a false humility and a false holiness. On right. the other if, hand, but if it, but if you're requ- if you're requiring humility, I mean, if it's a prerequisite or a precondition, yeah, for spiritual growth, and you're just like, well, I, I'm going to be, I am going to, I am going to be more humble. Right. And, and every day you're fixated on being more humble. So you start looking for things sure. that you do to make you more humble. I think that that's going to end up being a false sense of humility because you're wow. going to end up going through the motions. Right. Right. And like, like, what else can I do? I can give to the poor. Okay, I'll get some more money to the poor. Okay, what else can I do? It's like you start looking for these things where I, I think it's more, I think the, the, the avenue to take for uh, spiritual health, essentially, is more like what you were saying, recognize who you are. You know your weaknesses, but also your gifts, your charisms. What has God given you? What are the things that you do well? Uh, what, what do you feel drawn to, uh, other than sin? Right? What, <laughs> what, what is it? What is it that that you feel like I'm at home doing this? Well, then and then explore those avenues, um, and then always being vulnerable, being open to uh, the promptings of the Holy Spirit and where God might direct you. That's true humility, in my opinion. Where it's like you don't you don't come at humility with a pre. Um, Qualifier, right? To say this is what humility is, or this is what I need to be, this is what I need to do, and that's why I was talking about like, um, you know, spiritual calisthenics, where it's like it's like I'm going to start doing this. Well, it's nice that you do that. It's nice that you pray that much, or that you give to the poor. It's nice, but when you start keeping tabs on it, 
Well, then what's important to you is the number versus mm-hmm. what's actually happening. Yeah, your right? heart. Yeah. So, so uh, false sense of humility is something to guard against. Well, St. John of the Cross has a quote that uh, and it, he defines an attachment as uh, anything that you don't think you can live without, including uh, your own life. Which, what comes to mind as we're talking about this is uh, being able to take stock of what are the things that you're attached to that you would be terrified if God were to take away from you. You can't imagine life without, including your own life. Because ultimately our physical or earthly life is uh, is just a brief part of our life with a capital L. You don't think... You don't think God wants my big screen TV, do you? Right, right. But if that's a, that's a, this what is what he I'm want with that? He doesn't even have cable. If there are things, <laughs> if, he's, he's not going to take my TV. But those are the things that can become our gods, including yeah. a belief in our own, uh, like, holier than thouness as well. If we don't think that we can really love ourselves, if we don't see ourselves as holier than everybody in the room. See, that's what I, that's what I'm getting at. And again, I don't want to judge because it, but it's easy to because uh, we 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 fall to that sin a lot. I do. And certainly I'm tempted that way. But I have been in the room with people who will tell me about all the stuff they've given away. And they'll tell me about I don't need this. I don't live with this and I live in a one room shanty with blood, and I only got three pairs of pants and it's like, you know, I really don't why are you telling me this? Because there's a part of me that thinks, well, they're struggling that way. So now in my latter years, my I'll say more spiritually uh, formed years, I'm not as judgmental about that. But I just those are early years experiences I've had where I'm thinking like that's something to guard against. Because when you start announcing your humility, it's our joke we've been telling the most humble guy in the room, right? It's like you don't you should not have to announce your humility. This is also one of the reasons why it's good to have a spiritual director. You know, because if you if you're somebody who wants to live like these extreme austerities and be fasting all the time and whipping yourself and sleeping on you know uh, you know no, a no. bed of nails yes. you know or whatever <laughs> uh, you know that does God that, want my sleep number bed too? Right, exactly. <laughs> no, but having that be moderated as well, where your spiritual director is able to see where you are and hey, what makes sense for fasting wise and austerity wise. For your actual growth, as opposed to your growth of your own opinion of yourself. Yeah, no, exactly right, exactly right. Now, uh, you know, going back to this down to earth concept, uh, there's a scripture verse that I love uh, that comes to us from the uh, letter of Saint James, and it's uh, the fourth chapter, the tenth verse. It says, "Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you." Mm-hmm. So again, it's this concept. You know how. We Catholics love to do the like you 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 got to give it away to get it. And Jesus says, if you want to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. You know, but if you give up your life, you're going to gain it. Right? It's like, wow, it just seems like the opposite. But here, you know, if you humble yourself, you will be exalted. Mm. Right? And 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 so, if our goal essentially is to 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 be raised up right on the last day, to be exalted, to live in glory. Then it requires. I mean, a precondition for that is humility. Or Philippians two, where you know Jesus, who did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, he emptied himself, took on the form of a slave. Yeah, uh, you know, and was obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Mm -hmm. And because of his great humility, he was exalted, and it was given a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend on the earth and under the earth. And and so that points that exactly what you're talking about that Jesus showed us this model uh, that's at the very core of his mission including at the very core of why he chose to wash the feet of his apostles mm-hmm. on the the night of his passion 
And also, if we're looking at this concept of humility uh, th- with the goal being holiness, um, then certainly uh, there's a, a, a back in uh, Exodus chapter three where Moses is at the burning bush. What is what is the burning bush? What does the Lord command him to do? To take his shoes off, right? Because he's on holy ground. So there's a recognition that in, in like if you're in the presence of holiness. Mm-hmm. That's when we take off our shoes. That's when we bow down. That's when we get on our knees. That's when we start thinking about things like reverence. So, so go to mass and think about what you're doing when you're getting in and out of the pew. What are you doing when you're passing in front of the tabernacle? Are you genuflecting? Uh, and again, what do those what do those moves do? They bring you down, mm-hmm. down to earth. Right? They show humility, and so it should be a natural thing. Now, don't go around. You shouldn't sit in the front pew and point your sand, you know, point at the people that don't kneel and the point at the people that don't bow, right? And yell up at your priest because he forgot to genuflect or whatever when you walk past the the altar or, or the the tabernacle. So, but but at the same time, what are we doing, right? Are we humbling ourselves before the Lord? Are we taking our shoes off because we're on holy ground, right? Are we willing to be humble so that we can be exalted? Also, we can ask ourselves, what's our salvation? Do we have in our eyes a job is our salvation? Or, you know, our kid getting winning this football game is our salvation? You know, or do we have an understanding of you have an eternal soul? Your salvation is determined. Have you been welcomed into the, 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 the eternity with God in heaven? Yeah, exactly right. And you know what? And the amount of applause you get. Right, right. Uh, the number of friends that you have that say you are so good, or you are such a good. And I'm so ha-. the number of people that come over to your to your house to a party. You know, these are all nice things, but that is not going to lead to salvation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to lead necessarily away from it. But if that's the goal, if that's the measure of your life, you're you're in trouble. Even the most powerful bishops and cardinals in, in the Catholic Church, they, you know, if they start looking at their position in the church as their salvation. That's a big mistake. Yeah, clericalism is a is a big problem, and so we got to get past that. We so all of us have to struggle with this this idea of being humble, this idea of of being vulnerable, being open to the Lord, uh, and allowing ourselves to be torn down so that we can be exalted. Right, that's a beautiful gift. It's something the Lord gives us, and He's calling to each of us uh, to be humble. And the result of that that humility is going to lead us into holiness. Mm-hmm. And who is going to help us do that more than the Blessed Mother? I don't know who. So we're going to ask for her intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.